The Charge of Leadership, part four, yes. with Dr. Kevin Stansberry. Kevin was the shit. Yeah. So how did you uh, meet him? Well, we were doing Charge of Leadership, mm -hmm. and I came across this podcast called Toxic Leadership, yeah. which is a part of leadership. There's toxic, le toxic leaders out there, correct? Correct. And I did the two and two, got four, and I hit him up. Whoa. After I listened, he has a good show. Toxic Leadership podcast is great, by the way. You know what I have to say about this? He looks like he's about my age and he's like this brilliant scientist and I'm just here. He, <laughs> it makes you second think like, what am I doing with my life? And you have, you're educated. Yeah, but I'm not that educated. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't have a doctorate, but. But he is PhD. a coach. He coaches companies that have a problem with productivity uh, keeping employees yeah. to do with toxic leadership. He teaches these leaders how they should treat their people. It's a really, really, really important topic. And so uh, insightful the way that he looks at everything. Like the chain of command. Right. He looked at it as a chain. I've been in Navy almost 26 years. Jamie's been in what? 16, 16, 16 years. Mm -hmm. I never thought the chain of command as a chain to a, the weakest link is going to break the chain and then you're, you're and screwed. then you're, the entire chain's broken yeah how long have you been in the navy Oh, me blooming life. I'm Jamie Britt. And I'm Heath Britt. And together we are E14. We have 40 years of naval service. And each week we discuss a potpourri of topics, which we like to call smoke pit topics. These are real world topics that concern us, our marriage, and our Navy with a sailor twist. So join us each week as we dive into the deep end. Booyah! Welcome everybody back to E14 Podcast. Uh, with us today is Dr. Kevin Sansbury. Hey, Kevin, thanks for uh, joining us today, man. Hey, thank y'all for the invitation. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. And we know that this is going to be a great episode, especially for our series, The Charge of Leadership. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it just kind of really fits in there and looking forward to getting some civilian aspects to it and see how different military and civilian is, if so. Uh, <laughs> would you mind introducing yourself for us? Yeah, yeah. So I'm Dr. Kevin Sansbury. Um, I'm a behavioral scientist based in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri, and my research is very uh, focused, myopically focused on the dark side of leadership. Uh, I did research in narcissism, uh, abusive supervision, uh, Machiavellianism, corporate psychopathy, and, um, you know, a variety of, you know, those negative forms of leadership, um, because primarily it's invisible, mm -hmm. primarily it does the most damage to folks. And I think people, I, you know, this topic, my topic relates to so many different people because I now, you know, since launching my podcast in April, you know, we got to know a noteworthy and all of that kind of stuff. But um, I've been able to talk with people from India to British Columbia, to Nigeria, and of course, the United States, Philippines. I've talked to so many people now who have called me and all that kind of stuff and wanted just to just share their story related to toxic leadership. And so on the civilian side, it's very prevalent. 
And, you, you know, and, and, and I'm really appreciative of hearing your all's perspective from a military standpoint, because like I stated off air, um, a lot of my toxic leadership literature, when I do, when I cite my research, a lot of it's in the military too. There, you'll see a lot of studies that are written from the perspective of uh, military and, and, and leadership and things like that. And so our worlds are beautifully connected. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. From, if, from other countries to the military to civilian. And we're looking forward to getting into this topic pretty deep with you, Doc. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and get a pause from a word from our sponsors. Advice. Request permission to entertain the audience with a limerick. A limerick, you say? Entertain us, you shall. If you want to make money for your show, get off your ass and search for Podgo. A simple way to make some cash and get a sponsor for your podcast. Apply online is all you do. Then Podgo will reply in a week or two. Is it really that easy? Well, if I did it, then it must be so. Type P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. One more request, if it pleases the vice. Okay, fine. Proceed if you will. For all who request a Podgo account, tell them E14 Podcast is how you found out. Welcome everybody back to E14 Podcast. Again, we got Kevin Sansbury. Kevin, before we get deep into this, I got a question. You're from Kansas City. Yes. Do you miss that barbecue up there in uh, Ohio? Uh, I, I totally miss it. You can't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you bring it up, you bring it up these traumatic experiences, you know, you can't. <laughs> You can't replicate it when you move away sometimes, you know? No, you can, it's hard, man, because you don't have all the same stuff they sell up there to make that make that magic yeah, down in Kansas yeah, City. Absolutely. Yeah. So where did you get your uh, doctorate from and all that? Like, where'd you yeah. go to school? Yeah, I went to school at the University of Missouri, St. Louis, and uh, got my master's at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. So I've, I've been a part of the University of Missouri system from Mizzou. And um, that's actually where I worked as well, where I was a assistant vice chancellor of human resources. And wow. so- I spent a great deal of time being a national executive and leader. I had about 14, uh, 4,000 people in one site and then 18,000 employees at another site. And just my experiences on the um, practical side, you know, doing the leadership, being a leader, you know, it has taught right. me a lot, you know, and then I got into actually studying it and it just blew my mind on the big gaps that we have in the business, in the business sector, at least. Was there a situation or, or a boss that you worked for that got you so interested into this dark side of the of leadership? No, actually, no, not at all. Um, originally, I was I was serving, you know, I was an uh, executive and serving as a talent manager. So I was like employee relations person. So I used to meet with everybody about their bosses and oh, coach. Okay. You know, I used to coach people through those experiences. What academically, what I was originally going to school for was to study serial killers and, you know, that type of behavior. Yeah. And uh I pivoted. And once I pivoted, the jump wasn't that bad uh, cognitively because I was I'm actually studying the same traits uh, that sociopaths and narcissists and stuff like that. I'm studying the same traits, except we're not like murdering people, I guess I would say from, you know, know, comparison. (laughs) That's a little little dark. (laughs) I have to say that I am so intrigued because I studied serial killers in in my undergrad as well. And I just thought that their mind works so, so different. And then I've also dabbled and I'm not, you know, my master's is different. It's in management, but similar Mm -hmm. to leadership. But I've dabbled in uh, looking at like the sociopath and and the psychopath traits and noticing those. Um, What would you say some of the traits of a toxic leader would be? 
Yeah, so they come in a variety of shapes and sizes. I mean, in the in the literature, we have terms like so when you say toxic leadership, we have terms like, uh, you know, I have a construct I studied called abusive supervision. You have things and I'll explain in a second what they are, the traits, um, but you have stuff like um, uh, corporate psychopathy, you have narcissistic, you know, narcissistic leader, you know, there are a lot of different things you can look at different flavors of it. It's like Baskin Robbins of leadership, I guess. And so, except there's like probably more than 31, but um, looking at it, <laughs> looking at it, the uh, some of the traits you would look at are the way I simplify it is like, you have overt traits and then you have more covert traits. Mm-hmm. And what people typically think of when I'm talking, they'll think of things like, uh, you know, yelling and you know, slamming fist on the table and um, demeaning behaviors and stuff like that. Whereas a lot of the traits that, people feel or sometimes those covert traits like behaviors like uh, puppeting where leader plays games behind people's back and say one thing to one person say another thing to one person you you find out they're like putting you against each other you know so like that puppeting behavior Mm -hmm. then you also see some covert traits like freezing so like say leader is mad at you or leader you've done something you know you failed at something or something like that leader freezes you out of conversation or freezes you out of situation you know so that kind of behavior happens too one would argue that those covert um, leadership behaviors are more damaging because they tend to make the the person that's experienced it feel like they're crazy, like in a gaslighting yes. effect. You, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, oh, no, yeah. yeah. So so I've I've coached a lot of people who said, well, dang, I'd rather. I'd rather my leader just be upfront with me and just be mean. Cause then I know, then I know yeah. they're toxic. You know, then I can like leave. You'd rather like, the, the fist banging on the table yeah. because at least that's there in your face and you know it, you know? Well, you, yeah. And you have like, you, it's real. You have like proof. Other people probably can see it, but then that covert stuff when they're like smiling in your face and like stabbing you in the back at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like, Ooh, I don't, I, I feel weird about that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We call that in the, and I know in, in the military, sometimes we call that, pissing on your back and tell you it's raining. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I probably can't write, I probably can't write about that, but I no, love no, that. That's, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, working in the military, we change bosses so much. Right. So, yeah. um, and then yep. we've talked about this, uh, the charge of leadership. So we are advanced or are given people under our charge based on our rank, not our experience. Our maturity or maturity. Um, so you have a potpourri of leaders, uh, not yeah. experienced. You have potpourri of, of really young leaders who think they know uh, what they're yeah. talking mm-hmm. about. You've got mm-hmm. so many different things and um, it can be difficult going into these missions when they're, you know, displaying some of these covert traits. Uh, but how, mm. how do you coach people through that? What, how do you, approach those toxic leaders and and turn the tides yeah yeah well i mean depending on the type of toxicity you're dealing with your rate of success will differ based on from a time standpoint right so i will say if you're working with somebody who has um narcissistic behavioral traits that'll take a little longer um uh, but but ultimately some of the things that is important for people is awareness awareness is always the first step and it's not i I differentiate between awareness and belief Mm -hmm. i don't spend time trying to convince the leader like that 
my positioning or my point of view is the point of view to think about. I don't want them to, it's not about, oh, do you believe this to be true? You don't start there because a a lot of people tend to try to start there to to shift behavior when you got to kind of, you got to kind of get through that wall first that everybody has. And that wall is defensiveness. That wall is hubris that, you know, that wall is whatever it is. And so you have to get into just awareness and, um, you know, and it's like ABCs, awareness, belief, and then change. And so people are need to be aware, basically, and you ask questions like, well, are you aware that this person is impacted this way? Or are you aware that this person could be impacted this way? That's different than saying, hey, you are doing something, you know, you start, you starting to, you, right. you're going too quick with somebody, you know, that's different. Right. So, yeah. so I, I like to go a little slower and start with awareness because one thing that um, we all, whether it's abnormal behavior or not, we all can like do is be aware of something. I can be aware of something and maybe not believe it yet. So then, yeah, gotcha. I, you know what I mean? And so then I yep. work with the person to say, well, you know, what do you believe to be true? Because I want to honor their perspective, you know, mm-hmm. yep. even though like even though they have a different way of leading or they think they're right. And maybe everybody in the command is like, no, you are toxic or whatever. <laughs> I need I, I need them to believe it. But I have to I have to let them believe it and give them time to believe it in a way. Um, and so I, I one of the one of the lessons learned that I have when coaching behavior change is you have to honor people and give them dignity and leave them with their dignity, no matter what, you know, that's, that's first because everybody deserves respect. And so when we get to the change section, what I do is put the change in that person's hands. And I say, well, what does change look like for you? Now that you became aware, we've talked about kind of, you know, what you believe to be true. We, we, we interrogated what other people believe to be true. And you you do see a gap here of of success or whatever success is. Cause you know, typically a lot of people who have toxic traits, they don't, they're not trying to be a jerk. They probably, a lot of times people don't know it. And I'm, and I'm talking about in most cases. Right. And so I put change in their hands and say, well, what does change look like for you? How can we, how can we best this situation? How can we improve whatever? And, it's in their hands. Um, they have the power and agency to change. And so that's typically like a, that's a basic, very 40,000 feet high level process that I take people through yeah, of this, shifting behaviors. That's interesting. That is, I, is. I like the, the simple three-step <laughs> view, mm-hmm. you know, that people can take with them and think about. I like what you said about they have to, you have to make sure they maintain their dignity. Yeah. I like that because you told what, I tell you what, cause I've, you know, I've been in the Navy 25 years. So I've seen mm-hmm. some uh, lack of better word, jackasses in my day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of them are, were under me, right? Ranked yep. under me. I had some, you know, not say power, but I had some uh, rank over them, right? Sure. And I, if I told them, hey, you're being a dumbass, this is not mm-hmm. working. They, they, they're quick to be like, you know what? Screw this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you sit there, you talk to him like a human being and say, look, this is where we need to change, I think. Yep. This might yep. get you better results. And they're way more open to it because they still have their dignity. You're not saying they're doing a shitty job. Yeah. You're saying, look, we, yeah. I see a way of making, getting better results out of the guys or gals. Yeah. Yep. And and so some of the times what tends to happen is leader has a to- leader, has a toxic leader they need to talk to. So leader becomes toxic, toxic themselves yeah. to, to eradicate another toxic right. person. So, right. so I'm, I, you know, so I'm like, how, how is that working? That doesn't work. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it. two wrongs don't make a right. Exactly. Two, exactly. two wrongs don't make a right. Exactly. Right. And so, 
Um, so with that being said, you know, leaving people with their dignity and all that, you're actually honoring that person's humanity. And what that basically means in simple terms is you're you're giving them the power and you're giving you're you giving them your belief. You believe they can change, so you're putting it in their hands. You're trusting yeah. them. You know what I mean? And that goes a long way, especially yeah. for people who are not there are some people who've been conditioned to lead a certain way. And so, you know, somebody else's sergeant or commander or what have you they could have treated them like that. And that's yeah. what they learned. You know what I mean? That's what they, that, they, they respected them and they're, they're, you know, respect I'm putting in quotations. They might've feared them or been coerced yeah. Yeah. to do something. So that's all they know. And so how do you change that? You change that by showing them another way. You don't change that by being toxic yourself. Right. I mean, that is, that changes a lot. That's a game changer. When you treat, like you said, when you treat people with respect and dignity, Give them their dignity, and they're gonna they're gonna want to want to be like. Let me see if I can. They almost they almost want to please you because they have respect yeah. for you the way you talk to them. Well, I'm so glad you said that that they learn from that leader before yeah. them because mm -hmm. that's primarily what we see in the military. Since mm -hmm. you're a young leader coming up, maybe you put on the rank fast, and then you're like, well, I'm not quite sure how I'm supposed to lead all of these people, but I know this guy yelled a lot. So that's what mm -hmm. I'm going to do and just mm -hmm. tell you how to do it. And then it just rolls downhill and downhill yeah. and, and we're molding each, each young sailor to lead that way versus learning different ways, you know? Definitely. No. Uh, and I always said, I learned more from bad leaders than I did from good <laughs> leaders. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I learned a lot from great leaders. I've had some great ones in my day that were that top notch all the way they could lead in any, any environment, but I've had some crappy ones that I just say, look, I can do, I can do really bad and not be as bad as that guy. I just won't yeah. do what he does or she does and I'll be fine. Yep. Yep. You know, and we kind of blew past the traits of the, of the toxic leadership. So I just kind of want to circle back to that. Cause I know we threw out some terms like narcissist. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you said, uh, another one that I don't, I can't quite remember, uh, yeah. but can you kind of define some of those traits and what they look like in a person? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll boil it down. I don't, I don't want to go through each one cause you, everybody right. can Google and we don't want to do right. a lit review today. So one of right. the things right. I'll say is the common traits you're going to find in a lot of these toxic behaviors are simply behaviors that are destructive behaviors that bring people relationships apart. They're breaking them apart. They're distancing. Mm. And so you can look at yelling. That's distancing. You can look at backstabbing. That's distancing. You can look at puppeting. That's distancing. Um, some traits that people should be aware of of of, of are like uh, especially in narcissism and Machiavellianism. Machiavellianism is um, after uh, uh, Nikolai Machiavelli, uh, the book The Prince. That's where that came from. And basically, basically that was a book that uh, described uh, how um, basically people can gain power through these political manipulations. But really, uh, what that what that Machiavellianism looks like is people who are kind of more self-centered and gain power and want to gain power and authority by looking out for themselves and manipulating others. So that those are other behaviors okay. you're going to see. Yep. You know, so people that do those power plays that you can tell they're always trying to climb the ladder or whatever that is, and they're brown nosing, and then they like manipulate to get their way um, in, in extreme cases. Uh, narcissists are delusions of grandeur. Um, they're myopically focused on their own success. Uh, they're only focused on their own needs, uh, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, a lot of the, in one, here's, here's another trait to look for in a lot of these leaders. They're highly charismatic. So, yeah. So in a lot of the toxic traits, you see a lot of charisma. You see a lot of that because 
it's a form of manipulation in a way because that's how they stay in power. That's how they they know who to kiss up to. They know where the power is. It, it is kind of like it's kind of like that movie The Predator where they can like see in night vision and thermal vision yeah, in the jungle. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. so I feel like some of these toxic leaders like can see your whole platoon or company in thermal vision. <laughs> they know they know where all the power is and they like can talk their way out of anything, you know, yeah. to, keep, to keep that power. And so very, very manipulative uh, comes up a lot. And that's um, yeah, so absolutely. funny because that's the way serial killers are right. too. They're yeah. super yeah. 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 Just a yeah. side note over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. because it's everybody I've everybody I've known to be a narcissistic type personality mm-hmm. or person, they mm-hmm. they have they just you got it, you nailed it. They that's yeah. textbook. You know, yeah. and that that I was gonna say that too, Heath, because every person that we have met, you could literally go to the textbook and say, Well, this is how they're gonna react here. And this yeah. is how they're going to react here. So it's not that they can, they cannot even manipulate their own toxic trait because it is textbook the way that they react to everything. Sure, sure. You know, I've done in the Navy, they have, you know, Article 15 where you go see the skipper and he can bust you down a rank or, or mm. whatever. That's like a non judicial punishment, right? Sounds so, scary. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it a whole lot of power. Yeah. Yeah, Article 15. Yeah, Article 15. So before serious. that, they have something with the senior enlisted guys. It's called the DRB disciplinary review board. They kind of, okay. they question the kid or the sailor. Then they mm-hmm. decide, does it, they, they recommend if it should go all the way up to see the, the old man, the skipper, mm-hmm. or can it be taken care of at a lower level? Oh, okay. Take, okay. You know, you know what I mean? It's kind of yep. like, Hey, yeah. can this kid be saved before you yep. go before see the old man? You know, it's just yep. something we do as senior enlisted. Yep. So I remember sitting in a couple of them and I've told the, the head enlisted guy, I said, yeah, this guy's a narcissist narcissistic mm. type personality. Mm-hmm. He is going to be back here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just picked out. He was there six months later. He was right back where he started. Uh, no way. It's oh. just like whatever yeah. he, he couldn't own it that he, he screwed up. Mm-hmm. He just couldn't own it. He couldn't be yeah. like he had, he had, but this and this, I said, dude, you're button us all day, but you got to own it or you'll never recover. Yeah. But it's funny. Cause yeah, that it, dude who I'm talking about was a narcissistic yeah. person. And we have to think about, you know, some of the time, some of the things that uh, that could be harmful is you're putting these people out here to lead people. Yeah. And in times of stress, these toxic traits actually come out more. Mm-hmm. I don't I can't think of anything. It's more stressful in the workplace compared to war, you know, right. Uh, right and yeah. compared to combat. You know what I mean? So like the stressors you all go through are extreme. And so. I want to make sure that the people I put in charge have the least toxic types of, you know, personalities uh, to lead people, you know, because right. they're going to come out more when you're, when you're in the heat of the moment. And definitely it's not just war. I mean, it can be just deadlines for anything. Absolutely. Last minute, we call it last minute uh, BS that comes up, you know, in the military mm-hmm. world, it's all stressful. I mean, yeah. I've never, yeah. I, you know, we're in the Navy. I've never been face to face with a uh, somebody who wants to kill me, you know, eye to eye. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's been some stressful things out to sea. Yeah. But you're definitely right. Because it could be anything that, that that's outside your normal routine that could just make those people go through, spin up through the roof. Yeah. And they're, they're out of control. Yep. Yeah. And I met, I've met a few, like, I, I mean, I've, I've, my career has uh, spanned a few different industries and I've coached a few people who were former military and, one of the things that I've seen in some cases, military are very chain of command, right? I've heard it. I know y'all yes. know that term, right? Yep. One of the things that I see that people tend to forget about is the chain. And they tend to, they tend to focus more on command. And when I say the chain, what I mean is 
hey, toxic leader, we are literally all in this together. We are literally a chain. You know what I mean? Like for a relationship standpoint. Yes. Right. No, definitely. You know, and I think so. I think people tend to forget about that and focus purely on the command because I have the power. I'm the skipper. Yeah. I'm the way, you know, well, you know, I have that that uh, what's, what's called it's called positional power in the research. Right. And, and, and sometimes this positional power goes to people's heads. And I in the research and through my through my own, you know, through my research and others we all exhibit some toxic behaviors, all of us, yeah. different, different flavors. Right. I think sometimes some people have a, a predisposition where positional power does go to their head and they use it and they overuse it. Some people just have that predisposition. And so for people who are that way, they need accountability and they need yeah. support. Right. And you type being a 20, I mean, I've seen people make chief in the Navy, which is pretty senior mm -hmm. at 25 years old. Oh, wow. I mean, it's happened. They join the Navy. They make it fast seven, eight years. Mm. You can't tell me a 25-year-old gets all that power. They don't go to his head a little bit or her head a little correct, bit. Correct. Correct. It's going yes. to. It's, yeah. You can't help it. You got. I mean, you grow into that position sometimes. Yep. My gosh, yeah. I, have never, I have never viewed the chain of command as a chain. I've never heard that. No, it's and actually a great insight. Wow. That is so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, you know, you, if you are that toxic leader, but you're the weak link mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're if your person if your you know subordinates are weak links or you're the weak link all it only takes one weak link to bust the chain right that's that's so correct that's, wow yeah yep. and then yeah. i know in a lot of your a lot of your episodes uh kevin that y'all talk about you know focus on uh, lack of productivity mm -hmm. a lot of different you know uh, factors that can happen with toxic leadership Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, you can't keep people hired for more than a few months where they drag up because I can't take the BS no more. Yep. And that in the Navy, obviously you can't quit, you know, I, can't leave, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's ways to get out, but people don't want to, people don't want to sacrifice the rest of their life for a few years of bad leadership. Right. Correct. So there's ways to, there's, you know, there's people, there's, there's steps to take, but, but, and before you take those steps, I can, you can be, you can have the, at a division or a department or whatever at the top of their game, one person mm -hmm. comes in and can drag that shit down oh. mm -hmm. to the, mm -hmm. to the depths of the, you know, to the depths down below like the ocean floor yep. for lack of better terms. Yep. And it only takes one person. And it's Absolutely. funny how, you know, you see it coming, but it, it takes forever to do anything about it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a, a lot of times, in, in, in systems, so whether it's an organization, whether it's a military, whatever the system we're thinking about or talking about, in systems, we tend to overemphasize and believe what we can see and what we can measure. And that's why a lot of times, a lot of the toxic behaviors you're going to see on the news are things that are very overt. Yeah. But mm -hmm. millions of people are facing the covert things that are behind closed doors, that are less visible. Second, how do you measure somebody who is um pissing on my back and calling it rain how can you yeah. measure that you know what i mean like it's you hard. know it's hard right but but you as a person going through it know you know exactly what's going on you know you know you feel it yeah and so part of me when i think about what we need to do differently it, there there needs to be more a, a little more emphasis on different forms of data being real too so like your your your, your experience in your in whatever system this is, your experience needs to be valued, and you need to you need to have opportunity to talk about it too. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I, you know, if I'm part of that chain, in order for us to stay a strong chain, we need to have 
formal and regular communication up and down that chain to ensure that we're strong. Cause like come under pressure that wink link will bust it. That's right. Cause what's the biggest downfall of anything, any drill you run or any kind of thing you do in the Navy communication is always the problem. Mm, mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's like that in the civilian world, that communication Absolutely. is a lot of time is the problem in Absolutely. a marriage. Why do people get divorced? Communication. communication. Yep. It's, yeah. it's the biggest, always. it's the most important, but it's the biggest thing that people let go to the wayside. Yes. Yes. Totally. Totally. Any, yeah. Any, any like communication is kind of like one of the bonds that bring us all together, that puts us all together. So it's like, it's, so it's not only just like one of, one of the things I tell people is communication is not just talking. It, right. It's, it's, it's speaking the same language and also um, listening. Uh, and when I say speaking the same language, I'm not talking like, like, you know, ethnic language or anything like that. I'm saying, let's say I'm a person who, I'm not good at being confronted in a conversation. I want to like, I want some time to process that. That helps me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, my, my person who, who wants to tell me something could send something like send me a quick email. Hey, this is what I want to talk about. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, cause like if, cause again, what I try to tell people is if your goal is to convince somebody, you know, again, ABC awareness, belief change. If we're trying to convince somebody to believe what you are saying, talk to them or communicate to them how they want to be communicated. Right. Not how, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. Not how you are comfortable communicating. Right. And so, I, yeah. So I know some people in power are like, Oh, I just, you know, whenever I got to do something, I just go to them and talk to them and confront them. Well, I'm like, okay, well, what if that, what if you just ruined it? What if you basically just made it worse? Like I, and I, and I, I'm saying, I, I believe, you know, let's, let's, let's nip, nip it in the bud and all that kind of stuff. But I always tell people as we're trying to evoke change, think about the optimal way to get there. Not the fastest, mm-hmm. not the way you would do it, not the way you would want to do it. Think about the optimal way, how they would want to, you know, to be treated and things like that. And that's how we treat people equitably. Right. And I'm I, so I glad agree. you said that. Yeah. I was just about to ask that question in, in how do you go about finding that awareness, do you just turn around and say, Hey, I know that you are pissing on my back and telling me it's raining or do you email them? Do you text them? How does it, it- it, yeah. You just like, so my thing, so as a, I'll talk from a leader standpoint first, and I'm going to talk from like a, a follower standpoint. So from a leader standpoint, you need to know your people really well. Um, yes. When I had a, when I had a team, I knew like their preferences. I knew how they like to communicate. I knew how much they like to communicate. So I met with them at different times. So some people I met with every day. Some people I said, Hey, I will talk in two weeks. Cause that's what you need for me. Some people, you know, I was a very equitable leader. Mm-hmm. And so that's from a leadership standpoint. So knowing from a leadership standpoint, I will know that one person wants to just talk it out. I will know that another person wants me to send them something in writing or a text and they want to just, they want they want some time to think about it. Like I'll, I'll know different people's preferences that takes time. That's more difficult. I understand that for listeners, but if we try, if we're talking about the platinum rule, treating people, how they want to be treated, that's how you do that. That's wow. different than the golden rule. And then yeah. from a follower standpoint, from, you know, let's say I'm following a leader. How do I do that? Well, a, there's this, there's this thing called managing up. Managing up is basically like an intelligence mission, right? You want to basically find out as much as you can about your person you report to, especially if you switch bosses a lot. You want to know what makes them tick. You want to know what their preferences are. You want to know what's their best mode of receiving information too. Because just because you're following somebody doesn't mean you don't have power yourself. 
Mm-hmm. You have, you know what I mean? So what I tell people is That's you being true. a follower, you, 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 you reporting to somebody, you have power to control how you're treated. And so what I tell people is find out how they want, how they need to be communicated to. And you go that route, follower, and talk to that leader. And I'm saying follower because leader follower is how right. we talk about it right. in, the, in the literature. Um, but, but yeah, but, but, I, but it goes both ways. And so that dignity, that respect, and to be honest, that power there's different power at different at every different angle, you know, whether you're a leader or a follower, you both have power. Wow. That's that awesome. That's awesome. And circle back to what you said before, you know, about uh, understanding how your, your subordinate or your follower wants to be talking to talk to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, you can stroke your ego all day long. Yeah. I go and talk shit to him. I tell him exactly what's on my mind. But at yeah. the end of the day, you don't, they, you're judged by your results. You are. Yep. So what's going to get you the best results, which is going to make you better yeah. and get you and get you in the good graces of your bosses. Well, and I always tell people just because you got a result doesn't mean you, you got it. You know what I mean? Cause like you right. can get through, you know what I mean? So, so here's one thing we could say you need to do X, Y, and Z person does X, Y, and Z, but let's say I treated them better and I communicated to them in a different way. A lot of times, especially in, in my line of work, people do X, Y, and Z, A, B, C. Yes. People will people will go above and beyond for people they believe in. Right. People will go above and beyond for people they trust. And if you if you're yelling at me and I don't trust you, I'm literally going to do the smallest amount of work not to be yelled at again, not yeah. to be I'm running away from something. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm in I'm in survival mode. And right. so what I tell people is don't be blinded by success. Don't be blinded by the don't be blinded by a, a, the myopic bare minimal result. Always look for how can you inspire people to go above and beyond. And that's not going to be through coercion. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that we see that so much. And I'm a recruiter. We see that so Mm. much. You get that, you know, uh, we've got to meet this goal of 10 people. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to get you 10 people. And then they press for more. But through the um, through the uh, coercion, you know, like yeah. the press, 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 and we're like, nope, I got you. You're ten. You can't yell at me. You can't yell at me. Yeah. And so I see it a lot in recruiting um, because of the way that the leadership comes in. And you know, I'm not saying everybody's a bad leader in recruiting. I'm just saying I see it a lot because of the uh, deadline to meet that goal, and everybody mm-hmm. is heightened, and it just is very stressful. So I could totally see that. I'll tell you what, Kevin, there's a reason I've been in 25 years and never recruited. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough gig. That's a tough that gig. That sounds tough. Yeah, that sounds tough. <laughs> so, you know, as we get ready to um, close out this show, I wanted to ask you if there was someone that was uh, uh, moving up in the leadership realms, how could they not become a toxic leader? How could they develop these traits? Well, you said we all have these traits, but how could yep. they not? heighten these? Well, humility is one of the antidotes that I talk about. It's not magic, but it helps. Humility is kind of an opposite and will kind of counteract something called hubris, which is that overconfidence and that ego that people talk about as it relates to leadership. So one of the things I say is like the most, like the best leaders are the ones who ask about like who check in and ask Mm -hmm. about how their, what their impact is. So for all leaders who are in leadership roles or moving up those ranks or whatever, Put the ego aside. Put that hubris aside. Ask the people who report to you, hey, how, how, am, I, how am I showing up? How am I showing up? Or is there any, you know, are there any needs you have that I'm not meeting? 
ask these types of questions to your people and be good, be good about it. And be, here's the thing, you got to leave that ego at the door so you don't get bruised. Um, right. But just take all that feedback as a, as a gift and, and use that to be even better. And the key to know is, this is not, okay, I'm going to talk to everybody who reports to me and I'm one and done because people change. You get new people, new people, you know, show up differently. And so it's a, this is a continual practice of, you know, we talked about communication. It's a continual practice of communication. And one of the things that I see lacking in a lot of toxic leadership relationships is a healthy upward communication. Wow. Nice. And uh, to, I'm going to translate that in Navy terms for anybody who's listening. So you have the mid, uh, some annual midterm counselings, mm. you have annually annual evaluations, and you have career development boards. You have a, several opportunities to ask that oh, question. Yeah, I got a lot. What, can, what can I do better as your mm -hmm. boss or as your chief or as your leader? What can I do better? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, honestly, you're in, a, you're in a closed office and you're making it relaxed. Most of the time, if they have something, they'll tell mm -hmm. you. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I, I like the different forms that y'all have formally to to have that conversation. And so people using that to their advantage is to their advantage. And I think if we want to be, you know, the best leaders we can, we have to lead by influence. We have to lead by being transformative. If we continue to lead by coercion, we're leading by toxicity. And that's going to get us the bare minimal results. And I'm gonna tell you, Kevin, I like what you said, man, about knowing your people, because you can't do that mm -hmm. behind your, behind a, a desk all day. Oof, yeah. You can't, gotta get up and walk around, right? And kind of please do. Yeah. yeah. Well, and 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 that and that's the like the leader leadership is like one of the best jobs if if you want to learn and you want to learn about people. Leadership has really nothing to do about command and control. Leadership is really influencing and inspiring. You, you take the C's and turn them into I's, influencing and inspiring because if I'm influenced and inspired, if I'm a, if I'm a really awesome leader, I actually have to do less command and control. That actually is reflective of how well I'm doing. If I'm commanding and controlling, I'm not doing my job as a leader. I'm missing something. Something's off. And so I always tell people like some leaders like, oh yeah, I'm on them. I'm walking around and I'm on them. I make sure. No, no. If, if you were really the leader, the best leader you could be, you wouldn't have to be on them they'd be on you they'd be like hey give us more work because we got all this stuff done you know they'd be yeah. like hey you know what i mean like that's what you'll yeah. see that and but i, yeah. I but i people don't when i tell people that they don't believe me because you don't see it as often so right you know yeah. i had an admiral as a young sailor tell me one time and he drew a, a triangle mm -hmm. and he said a lot of people think and you know admirals they're very high ranking they're very uh high on our food chain or chain of command. But he said, everybody thinks that when you're an admiral, that you sit on top of the pyramid or on top of the triangle and you rain down on everybody else. But he said, actually, he turned the paper upside down. I work for all of these people and he's at, he's at the bottom and everyone else. So it was like an upside down triangle. Uh -huh. And that really stuck with me because I thought, wow, the more rank and the higher you get in leadership, the more people you actually work for. Mm -hmm. That's well said. And I, I think if listeners, you know, literally take that visual and post that on our wall somewhere, like that's the way to do it. That's yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. There's a definition of servant leadership right there. Yeah. And we just thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, would you please give us some of your plugs for yeah, your please. podcast and your, yeah. your social media? Absolutely. So um, I can be listened to on the Toxic Leadership Podcast. Uh, that's toxicleadershippodcast.com. 
Um, any questions anybody ever has about toxic leadership, leadership in general, I can be reached at askdrkev.com or 346-38-TOXIC. And that number is 346-38-TOXIC. People can text me all around the world. Um, and then uh, I'm available on all Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, things like that under at Dr. Kevin Sansbury. Hey, thanks again, man. Please hang out for a second after we're done. I'd like to uh, pick your brain. Yeah. A couple more minutes before we, before we call it, call it quits. Yep. And we'll wish you fair winds. And following seas.